This is an ABC podcast. Hack. Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Hack podcast. And we're diving into politics this week because we're asking, could young Australians spell the death of the Liberal Party? You know, we know that young women have been turning away from conservative politics. We've talked about that a lot this year. But some new research has come out revealing the issues run a lot deeper than that. Young people have abandoned the coalition in record numbers in recent years. And this exodus is so big that the Libs are facing a generational wipeout. It's being called an existential crisis. So what are they going to do? In a minute, we're going to speak to former Liberal Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull to get his take on what's gone wrong and what the party needs to do to get on track. But first, here's our political reporter, Shalala Madora, explaining this new research. Look, it's no surprise that the Liberal Party has a bit of a PR problem. Liberals, yeah, nah. Or it's kind of more faced towards people like age between like 40 and older, and it's not really youth-based. This guy is right on the money. There's hard data to back him up. The lights, if they're not, if they are flashing red for the coalition in terms of this segment of the electorate that they're, they're facing a, a real struggle. The Australian National University has been looking at the trends in how people vote since the 1980s. 13 federal elections to be exact. It's called the Australian Election Study and it's found that May's federal election was an absolute shocker for the coalition, which is the Liberal and National parties. We've never seen such low levels of support for one of the major parties as we're seeing in levels of support for the coalition and the under 40 cohort. According to Professor Simon Jackman, Fewer than one in three young people voted for the coalition. Labor plus Green in under 40, you're getting up to 70%. And that's a problem, because if you can't attract younger voters, your base literally dies. Here's Dr Sarah Cameron. That is where the existential threat comes to the, uh, the coalition if they're not able to address this lack of support they have among young people in particular. Dr Cameron says the high vote for the Greens by young people over the last few years reveals an interesting social change. This particular generation of young people has moved so much further to the left than previous generations when they were young. According to the Australian election study, that's got to do with the issues that young people vote on. Here's Professor Ian McAllister. For a lot of younger people, the coalitions seem to be on the wrong side of history on a lot of the issues that they're concerned about. Climate change, same-sex marriage, trust integrity in politics and so on. We know because you tell us over and over again that the major parties just aren't addressing the issues you care most about. We find relatively low levels of trust among people aged in their 30s, for example. And when we look at that, a lot of it is to do with younger people not getting into the housing market. That's definitely what we found when we asked young people about politics. There wasn't a whole lot of trust. I think that a majority of the politicians are only looking out for themselves. Uh, I think the current state of politics is outdated. feels pretty grim as young people feel like not really represented well. They don't understand the people or the current crises that we have. This is all part of a bigger trend, one that's causing angst for both major parties. The major party vote was the lowest since 1949. The minor party and independent vote was unprecedented. The shift is particularly pronounced for the coalition. So both women and younger people have been drifting away from the coalition. The proportion of women who voted for the coalition at the last federal election was the lowest on record. 
And as Dr Cameron explains, they're stuck for how to win women back because the party itself doesn't have many women in its ranks. So this presents a major challenge for the coalition. They've lost votes from women and they also have diminished capacity to win women back with reduced women's representation in Parliament. Then there's the unprecedented vote for independent candidates. This drifting away from lifelong voting with a major party, I think that, that will continue. Professor Jackman says the so-called teal independents who won seats off the coalition are going to get stronger in the future. The teals aren't going away and if anything will be emboldened. And the big question is, what happens from here? Will this be the death of the Liberal Party in particular? I think one of the single biggest questions, though, confronting Australian politics at the moment is where to from here for the coalition? And that is, does Labor take advantage of this remarkable, remarkable political opportunity before it? Hack on Triple J. Shalala Madora reporting there. Let's break this down a bit more. And who better to get on than a former leader of the Liberal Party? Malcolm Turnbull was Prime Minister between 2015 and 2018, and he's with us now. Mr Turnbull, thanks for joining us on Hack. Hey, great to be with you. This research showing young people are turning away from the Liberal Party in record numbers, do you think the party's facing a generational wipeout in the years ahead? Well, young people don't stay young forever, of course. Uh, the Liberal Party's problems at the moment uh, are not simply a fact that fewer young people are voting for it, but fewer older people are voting for it as well. So it's not just you know people in their sort of 18 to 24 or 24 to 30, but people in their 30s and 40s and 50s aren't voting for it. They're voting for it in lesser numbers. It still has a lot of people voting for it, of course, but but it's, it is diminished and the, the Teal candidates, so-called, including in, in my old electorate of Wentworth, uh, were able to get there because the primary Liberal Party vote has gone down from, say, when I was a member, from 62, 63% down to 40%. You know, well, that's basically over that, over that period, you know, say from 2018 to 2022, you're losing a third of your vote. Uh, in in this electorate alone, and you know, and then of course you've got p people who'd formerly voted Green and for Labor who've who've chosen to vote for the Teals as well. I mean, the research has shown that with young people there is an issue in the sense that uh, fewer young people are voting for cons like conservative parties than other people in other generations were at the same age. So there is an issue with you know, grabbing young people and retaining young people. It looks at 13 federal election, goes back decades, this research. You were Prime Minister, Liberal leader four years ago. Was attracting and hanging on to young voters a problem that you were thinking about back then? Well, look, I think younger people have always tended to be more likely to vote for the Greens or for Labor than for the Liberal Party. You know, I mean, the old saying, you know, if you're not a socialist when you're 20, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative by the time you're 40, you have no head. I mean, you know, that's that's sort of thing's been said. But the know, experts are saying there is a big shift here. It's very noticeable. Oh, there is. There's, there's no question there's a big shift and it's got worse. And I mean, you've, 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 you've hit on a lot of the issues. I mean, obviously, climate change was one. I mean, you know, I lost the leadership of the Liberal Party twice over wanting to do something more on climate. So... And I know that I understand that sentiment. 
you know, clearly uh, social issues. I mean, Scott Morrison in particular was seen as being ultra-conservative on social issues. And, and, you know, frankly, the Liberal Party has allowed itself to become taken over by the right, the hard right, in particular the religious right, which in particularly in Victoria, and Victoria being a recent example, uh, means that the party is controlled by people whose values and view of the world is utterly at odds with the majority of the electorate. Well, actually, so, no wonder a, they lose elections. In an interview with us a couple of years ago, you said that your biggest regret was not being able to enact policies that would cut emissions while you were in charge because you said the Liberal yeah. Party was held hostage by this toxic alliance. I'm wondering, is that the bigger issue here that no Liberal leader's been able to manage? Like even, you know, the Indigenous voice to Parliament, you were against that in 2017, now you support it, but people are upset that you weren't supporting it when you were actually in power. Well, I mean, it's, that's a, another big issue. I mean, I wrote, a, I'd encourage your listeners to look at the piece I wrote for The Guardian recently on that. It's a it's that's let's just leave that to one side for a second because it's a sort of complex issue i think the more the more general proposition is that the liberal party is increasingly dominant or increasingly living in a a bubble a sort of an a an information bubble consisting of the right wing media it doesn't include triple j i might add and it's essentially the murdoch media sky after dark you know, shock shock radio networks like 2GB. And so they are they're living in that sort of right-wing bubble, which has a very devoted following, but it is, it's a minority and it's not enough to get you into government. So if, if you think your idea of doing well is getting plaudits on Sky After Dark or from, you know, Ray Hadley or someone or Ben Fordham at 2GB, that's fine. But that's not going to win you an election, and this is this is the problem. It's that they're increasingly living in and dominated by a right-wing, um, you know, media ecosystem. You see the same thing in the United States. Look what Fox News has done there. It's created a a sort of right-wing bubble ecosystem. It does uh, seem which though. Trump Trump prevailed, and of course, you know created an environment in which January the 6th, 2021 was possible. It does seem, though, that Liberal leaders, Prime Ministers, aren't able to back ideas consistent with young people's values when they're in power. Like, it's like if you look back at all the Prime Ministers, the Conservative Prime Ministers we've had, that's been the case for years. Well, some of them didn't want to, of course. I don't think John, I don't think, I don't think John Howard felt he was... I mean, the, the Liberal Party has very rarely been led from somebody from the centre, let alone the left of the party. Now, you know, clearly, if, you know, if you listen to the right-wing media, I'm little better than a communist, according to them, uh, which is ironic. But the, but the, so that where you've got liberal leaders who are very much from the right, from the very conservative side of the party, well, they're quite comfortable with that. I mean, Scott Morrison, you know, was vehemently opposed to same-sex marriage. I mean, just he was as, as emphatically opposed to it as Tony Abbott was, if not more so. Nonetheless, See. I got it done. So, you know, that's a, there are a lot of people in the Liberal Party uh, nowadays who are ashamed or regretful um, that we legalised uh, same-sex marriage, well, which I mean, is crazy. I mean, I mean you... nearly two-thirds of Australians voted for it. And right? Australians, Australians, Australians did vote. Electorate. Australians did vote 
uh, for same-sex marriage. They it wasn't. Did. It 60, wasn't sixty-two percent. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. You didn't put it to Parliament for a vote on the legislation. Australians voted in a plebiscite. And there are still well, a lot of well, people well, who are concerned with how that process was handled. Well, well, I understand that, but look, the important thing is getting it done. I mean, Labor was in power for six years and did nothing about it. I got it done, and I actually think that while the debate was hurtful, right. the fact that we had such a massive majority nationally gave enormous endorsement to the reform. I mean, it made it impossible for anyone to say right. that this reform did not have national support. We're going to have to leave it there. Former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hack.